and let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said from this pulpit that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said from this pulpit that is according to your will, let it be heard, as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe, and believing be more loving. Amen. First, let me assure you that this sermon was not written by chat GPT. <laughs> Did you know about chat GPT? This new artificial intelligence technology that's writing essays for students, composing music for musicians, and yes, even writing sermons for pastors? Yes. I don't know how this can be, since the artificial intelligence on my phone can't even get autocorrect right most of the time. <laughs> Which is fine. Back in my day, <laughs> autocorrect wasn't even a thing. Back in my day. There were no squiggly lines under misspellings. There were no squiggly green lines under grammatical errors. We had to do it ourselves. I learned to type on a typewriter. It was a class in high school. I took, <laughs> I took both typing one and typing two because, man, was I good at it. Now, don't get me wrong, it was an electronic typewriter. It made a ding every time you got to the end of the line. But it could also do a very small amount of correcting if you typed the wrong letter. Anybody use one of these? Yeah? So you know what I mean. I rarely typed the wrong letter. <laughs> but it did happen. For those that it happened to a lot, I'm sure they really appreciate it. All you had to do is press this delete button. It backed up and it spread this very thin ribbon, I think, over the mistake. And then you type over that. I remember it being a very loud process. Up until then, you didn't have a way of correcting a mistake without using a bottle of whiteout to paint over the mistake. And then you let it dry, right? And then you could type again. I'm really fortunate that the typing technology came out when it did. Because as well as I could type, there's no hope for my cursive penmanship. I bet many of you learned how to write in cursive. Yes? Can you still do it? I can't. I cannot write in cursive. The big swooping lines, the flowing letters, the occasional need for an eraser, 
The font isn't uniform when you write in cursive. There are inconsistencies that just come with it. I think that's how God writes. God writes in cursive. God wrote the world in cursive. When God wrote the world, he breathed into the chaos and separated the day and the night, and he called it good. He separated the sky from the water and the water from the land. He brought forward plants and trees and stars in the sky, living creatures of every kind. And each time he called them good, and even very good. But do you know what he doesn't call any of it? Perfect. He never calls it perfect. Because God writes in cursive. Cursive doesn't demand that every letter is just so and fits the page or the end of the line just right. Maybe this is a way for you to find peace in life. If that's what you seek, when you encounter chaos or trouble or heartache or something you don't expect, maybe all there is to say is that God writes in cursive. Life isn't perfect. Nobody's life is perfect. It's not because you did something wrong or because something is wrong with you. Richard Rohr says, if we can accept where we are and not judge the disruption in our life as wrong or bad, we can touch great freedom. This is because fighting what is doesn't actually work. As the saying goes, whatever we resist persists. Because God writes in cursive. He writes without autocorrect or even a delete button. The letters might be tough to read sometimes. What's he trying to say? But at the end of the sentence, or maybe the paragraph, or maybe the chapter, it will make sense. I promise. Peace comes with an acceptance of that. Maybe an embracing of that. Can you accept that? Adam and Eve couldn't accept God's way of doing things. They couldn't accept his cursive writing. They fought back against it. Some might not know this, but there are actually two creation narratives in the Bible. Not one, but two. Dennis Olson explains that in the creation narrative of Genesis 1, we learn that God will finally and assuredly have God's way with the world. But the narrative offered in Genesis 2, we learn that God will also encounter 
unexpected challenges and try new solutions in a give-and-take interaction with creation and its creatures. And those unexpected challenges, the unexpected challenges that God faces, they usually start with us. We are God's unexpected challenge. Sure, blame it on the snake. That was some typecasting, was it not? We always have blamed it on the snake. All of this Garden of Eden stuff was the snake's fault. We blame it on the one who tries to come along and convince us to resist instead of accept. That's what the snake does. Resist instead of accept God's way of doing things. God's way of setting things up. The way that, sure, might not be perfect, at least in our eyes, but it's beautiful and it's done by God's hand. Like cursive. The Hebrew uses the word arum to describe the snake, which simply means clever. So sure, blame it on the clever snake. Somewhere along the way, we made the snake out to be Satan. Maybe most famously in the 17th century by John Milton in Paradise Lost. But I'm not sure where that came from. The Bible doesn't say anything about that in the Old or the New Testament. There really isn't a Satan at all in the Old Testament. In fact, it seems to me that we make the snake into Satan so that it can be something separate from us. Some being distant from us to blame the whole thing on. Something very different from us with horns and hot red skin. But let's face it, the snake is just one of the voices in our head. One of the many, one of the many voices that tell us not to accept things. The one that cleverly works its way into our ears and then into our hearts and then to our hands and our lips with the false notion that God should have done better by us. Could have done better by us. And since he hasn't, we will take control of things ourselves. Go ahead. If that's what you want. But there is no peace in that. Just ask Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, who, couldn't, who could have accepted how God wrote in cursive but took the typewriter for themselves, hammering out a story that left them wandering around in fig leaf aprons, which, as one commentator put it, ends the story in hilarious fashion. For ancient Hebrews knew all too well what fig leaves feel like. We might say something like number two grade sandpaper. God made us to serve and protect the great garden of God. But we would rather control and plunder and take over, forgetting that God is creator and sustainer of all of us and all the cosmos. And we stand over and over again, scratching ourselves in fig leaf aprons. 
There's no peace in that. Peace comes in accepting the moment as it is. Just like all moments are and have always been. Just like the first moments were of all creation. They were good. Sometimes they were very good. But it never says they were perfect. God writes in cursive. Rohr shares the experience of Kyra Jewel Lingo, a former Buddhist nun who said, Once as a young nun, when I was practicing a classic Plum Village guided meditation, I came to the final exercise. Breathing in, I dwell in the present moment, and breathing out, I know this is a wonderful moment. She said she had a very difficult time doing this because she knew of all the difficulties facing the world. But she said, when I focus on the larger picture, I was able to touch that, yes, this present moment also is a wonderful moment. I saw that suffering doesn't have to disappear in order for beauty to be there. That life is about all of these things. The reality is that there's great terror and great pain. And there's also great love and great wisdom. They're all here coexisting in this moment because God writes in cursive. We're no better at accepting that than Adam and Eve were. Maybe we're even worse. These days we have computers and phones that are made to deliver instant satisfaction. And sometimes, like with these new artificial intelligence programs, they relieve us of any opportunity to be creative at all or to appreciate the creativity of others, to wonder at the organized creativity of God. But no, this sermon is not written by ChatGPT. So it's not perfect. Grammatical errors abound. I'm sure you're free to send me emails about them if you'd like. There are countless ellipses in this manuscript. That's just how I write. An English professor would have a field day. It's written in cursive in a way. Perhaps it is, this is nothing more than a simple encouragement for those who seek peace. And do any of you seek peace? Do you? Then this is nothing more than a simple encouragement for you. A simple invitation to accept the wonderful moment that you are in as it is. To breathe it in as it is. And when the chaos seems to be too much, accept that too. And when the clever serpent's voice tells you to take your own control, breathe out and say if you can, so much of this is just God writing in cursive. Amen.